My name is Timothy Eldred. I'm a husband, father, writer, speaker, seeker, coffee snob, pipe smoker, bourbon drinker, and a person of faith. I'm also a friendly disruptor of the status quo who's traveled the world to help people discover their identity. My mission is to end the pain of aloneness and to help people live with authenticity in an artificial world. But I can't do that alone. So I'm glad you're listening. Welcome. This is Square Peg, Round Hole. Hey, welcome to Square Peg Round Hole, uh, the podcast where people thank you for making them feel uncomfortable. And I'm serious about that. I, I am. People contact me every week and say, wow, you really took me outside my comfort zone. I needed that. Thank you. Listen, we all need that from time to time. And um, someone to poke and push and prod just a little bit. So um, if this podcast is slowly helping you become your authentic self, that's great. I'm just glad to be a small, minuscule part of your journey. And I need that too. Now, this past week, I saw a post, and I don't know if like I saw it or my wife sent it to me. She probably sent it to me. She collects that stuff all the time. And um, it got my attention. The more I thought about it, the more I realized, like, hmm, I got some things I want to say about that. Not just say because I want to rant about it, but say because I think they're beneficial. I, I mean, I'm learning from them. I'm reviewing them. And um, so I'm just going to review them in my head with you um, in, in this episode. And specifically, I'm talking about the issue of self-harm. And I'm not talking about like physical self-harm where you, you know, you inflict pain on the surface of your body, like cutting and burning and, um, there may be some of you, and there probably is, who either have that struggle or have had that struggle or know someone with that struggle. This is more today a topic of emotional self-harm. Um, self-sabotage. Let's call it self-sabotage. See, people self-sabotage all the time. And I'm not passing judgment on them. It's just, it's not impossible to solve many of the problems that we create for ourselves by self-harm or self-sabotage. And the reason I guess I really want to talk about it is because it's rampant. You see it. You see it everywhere. People are destroying their lives without even recognizing it. And I think it's relevant because you might not recognize it yourself. Most people don't. I don't. Okay. So again, I'm not holier than thou. Um, there's things that I need people to point out to me, so I just I want to be your friend and point it out to you. Now, that list I saw on Facebook, that post, um, there was eight to ten things listed. I'll put them in the show notes. I'll add some links to some other articles and journals and blogs and um, that you can dig deeper on this issue of self-harm. And I always encourage you to. Don't leave it with me. I'm not the expert. I'm just repeating a lot of the things that I hear, read, study, and um, that I think are important. So I try to pare it down for you. But I've got three of that list that I want to unpack a bit because if I can see them in others, um, then maybe I can see them in me. And if you can see them in others, maybe you can see them in your yourself. And again, I'm happy to be the one to point them out. I'm just a nice guy that way. So here's the first one. Number one, 
sharing information with people who can't help you. Now, you might say, okay, that's just not a big deal. I mean, we do it all the time. We just, you know, office, neighborhood, church, coffee shop, whatever. We tell people all kinds of things in chit-chat. But I'm not just talking about chit-chat. I'm talking about when you actually go to somebody seeking support and they do not have the ability in any way, shape, or form to help you. So as I thought about it, um, it's a goofy story, but I'll tell you this story. I was flying to Colorado, uh, I don't know, three, four years ago. And about 37,000 feet in the air, my head is exploding in pain. And it's because I have a tooth that, come to find out later, cracked like all the way down to the root. And I'm in mid-flight, seven miles up in the air, and oh my gosh, I've been in pain. I've been in extreme excruciating pain. I've been living in chronic pain for years before back surgery. So I get pain. Holy shit, this was pain beyond any of that kind of pain. And I had to get down on the ground. I mean, talk about bad, think about the descent and the pressure on that. And so if you're like feeling bad for me now, you should. And because um, it was it was horrible. And I get out of the pain on the ground in Denver and we drive and I have to drive a couple hours to get up to the place where I'm going. And on the way, I'm calling everyone who's going to be there who lives in the area, trying to find a dentist on a Sunday afternoon. Now you heard me say dentist. I didn't call a proctologist. Like I didn't call a butt doctor. I have this excruciating pain. I got something wrong with a tooth. And so I have to go to somebody and take them my pain and take them my problem who has the expertise to help. Like, I don't want a butt doctor's hands in my mouth any more than I want, like, dental tools in my anal cavity. No pun on the anal cavity thing. And um, all that was funny. I've got to go to the right person who can help me. So why is sharing information with someone who can't help you self-harm? Simple. It's because when you take your pain or a problem to someone with the skills who can't really help you, you're just prolonging your suffering. I mean, it might feel good for a minute because you dump on somebody and it's good to dump on somebody, but it's one thing to share with a friend just because you need to share without expecting that sharing to provide you some kind of solution. So just don't share news with someone to get your emotional needs met because when you do that, you just continue to carry crap around with you. You don't need to carry around with you. And that's why it's self-harm because you're just prolonging your pain. I mean, I'm not going to like wander around Colorado for four or five days waiting to fly back to Michigan to my dentist when I just need a dentist who, by the way, as soon as I came home and decided like, you know, he looked at what the dentist in Colorado did and then decided like, that's not enough. We need to get to an oral surgeon. That's like a temporary fix. And that's what good, like, you know, people do. When you go to the right person, they either help you or they refer you to somebody that can help you. But when we go to someone for advice, like even if they don't have the expertise in that matter, right, then we just get stuck. But not only do they have the ability, like I said, not to help, sometimes they actually think they do. And when you think you have the ability to help somebody else, you just do greater damage. 
Again, it's self-harm. So don't go to somebody who can't help you or worse yet, thinks they can help you when you know they can't because they're just going to make your life worse. So we can continue to bounce around from like one incompetent confidant to another and like exacerbate our pain and have the feelings fester and the problem just keeps getting worse or we can make a better decision right off the bat choose better. So if you're dealing with an issue causing emotional pain today, please seek some expert help. Quit avoiding it because avoiding it just makes it last longer. Don't waste your time with friends. And I'm glad you've got friends. If you've got friends to talk to, some of you listening don't have a lot of friends to talk to. And don't feel bad because that's pretty normal. The average adult only has one to two really good friends. And just because they're your really good friends still doesn't mean they're a really good listener. I mean, they might be nice and listen, but they may still have no expertise to give. And I'll go back to this a little bit. Don't waste your time or other people's time when they come to you either. If you don't know what the hell you're doing, don't pretend you know what you're doing. Don't just puff up your ego by pretending to be like a dentist when you're a butt doctor. Now, when someone like comes to you who's a real pain in the ass, Perfect. You're the right person for the job. Now, one more thought. Root canals do suck. They absolutely suck. I've had a couple. One from that tooth explosion at 37,000 feet. But root canals are better than like living in unnecessary pain. So the same principle applies here, especially more to your mental health and well-being. All right. Number two. Number two is not asking for what you really need. As I thought about this point, and I thought about my like airplane illustration, I'm going to go back to the dentist chair for an example with you for a moment. Say you find yourself in a dentist chair. I happen to be the guy who likes the dentist. I actually love the dentist. I am a dental hygienist dream patient. I like the scraping, the grinding, the whole kit and caboodle. Love it. For real. And um, yes, my teeth are nice and shiny and clean and feel nice against my tongue when I walk out of there, but I liked the whole process. But when my hygienist tells me, if you feel any severe discomfort or pain, raise your left hand. Why it's the left hand? I don't know. It's always the left hand. Raise your left hand. Listen, when they tell me that, I pay attention. I mean, especially when it's not the hygienist, but it's the dentist, because a dentist is usually like more invasive, filling a tooth, fixing a crown, something like that. When he says, raise your left hand, I I do, not very often, but I have, because it means he's going to give me something for the pain now, like immediate relief, alleviate it completely. Why the heck would I just lay there and continue to suffer when there's a relief that could be one shot away. Now, I don't like shots. I don't like like sharp objects in my mouth, but I don't like unnecessary pain more. So I'm going to ask for what I really need. I'm going to raise my left hand. I'm going to suffer through the shot. I'm going to get rid of the pain like right now. So when someone asks you what you need, preferably somebody with expertise and experience, like the last point, who can really help you. Well, just don't be too proud to say, no, I'm good, I'm fine, I don't need anything. And it doesn't even have to be when you went to an expert. Maybe it was just a friend or a partner or 
boss or a colleague or somebody you encounter. When someone asks you for what they need, for goodness sake, tell them what you need. Don't be too proud to say, nah, good. Again, that's just your ego talking, which is your inauthentic, false self. You'll never find authenticity if you never tell people what you really need. I mean, suck it up, swallow your pride, tell the truth, tell them what you need. Anything less is a form of self-harm. You're just adding to your misery when you could get relief from it by telling the truth. But the same is true in a relationship, and it's especially true in relationships. A relationship problem problems is where most pain is experienced. So I've been married to my wife, Cindy, for 32 years. We've got a pretty good marriage. And um, I would say it's exceptional. She would agree, even if she was here, like you could say it out loud, she would agree. Has it had ups and downs and bumps and bruises and a few storms? A few. Nothing insurmountable that we have not been able to get through. Why? Because we have worked really hard for 32 years to communicate openly, consistently, honestly, and tell each other what we need. Like always? No, probably not always. We're human. We're, we, don't, we don't do anything always. We do the best we can as often as we can. But most of the time, sure. And that has kept us growing together. Now, I don't need to belabor that, that point. If you are or have been in a relationship and it's suffered and you've dealt with the pain from that, then you can probably trace most of that pain back in your own mind to communication. I mean, in my 30 years of a career, and uh, I've done a lot of marital counseling, relationship counseling, and I would say, without exaggeration, 100% of the time, 100% of the time, the problems stem from one partner or another just not telling the truth and telling the other one what they what they need. They're just too proud to just like raise your hand, just raise your little hand on the onset of the pain, in the beginning of the discomfort, until it's just more than you can take. If you just raise your hand early and tell the other person what you need at the moment, you could probably prevent like needing an expert down the road or at least near as often. So, you know, it's just a simple principle. And by the way, which kind of relates to what I said in, in the first point, when someone tells you what they need, pay attention. I mean, especially if you asked. I see this in conversations all the time. People go, oh, how are you? I'm fine. No, really, how are you? Okay, well, since you asked. And there's no follow-up. There's no empathy. There's no, how can I help? What can I do? It's like, oh, now I'm caught off guard because you really actually told me a problem when I asked you what the problem was, number one. Number two, so pay attention and do something about it. I mean, empathy is like sympathy in action. And if sympathy is not in action, it's just worthless. Sympathy is worthless. Empathy is sympathy in action. And so if you're going to really help somebody, you've got to be empathetic and do something. Number two on this. You're not always going to tell people what you need and have them respond. And that can be hurtful. That can be very hurtful. And I've been trying to figure this one out because Cindy and I were talking about this actually just last night, that there's many times you reach out to people hoping they will respond and they don't. And so then you choose to start being silent and not tell anybody 
anything. Well, maybe you just asked the wrong people. Maybe you asked a family member. The family member did nothing. And you would think if anybody would help you, be your family member. But they didn't do anything. And uh, they listened. They said nice words, but they didn't respond. A really dear friend. And you told them, but they didn't respond. So just reevaluate. It doesn't mean they're still not a friend and they're obviously still your family, but maybe you're asking the wrong. Maybe you are asking the wrong person. Maybe you are expecting something that you would give that they don't have the ability to give. That's a, that's a topic in and of itself to, to talk about later. Now, third, last point, and that's this. Complaining without changing what you can control. Complaining without changing what you control. Now, this behavior really is kind of a, it's a two-edged sword in some ways. And I'm going to be really careful not to sound like an insensitive ass by addressing it here, because I, I can be very guilty of this. I'm not pretending I don't complain. I can complain with the best of them. But I get annoyed by people who complain without taking control of what they can in their lives. And um, I try not to, you know, I, I try not to, but at some point you go, shut up. I've heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it. What are you doing about it? And the answer is nothing. They're doing nothing. So I had a conversation with a friend just literally two, three days ago about an issue going on in their life. And, um, they were immediately talking about medication. I need to go get some medication. I'm like, crap. Listen, I know brain issues. I have brain issues. I take brain medication. You don't need brain medication. I mean, sometimes you need brain medication, but in this country, in the United States, we prescribe something for everything. What if we just slept better, ate more, had better nutrition, exercised a little bit, drank more water, consumed more protein, did some brain exercises and games? Goodness, you know how many things we can do before we swallow a pill? Yeah, we don't even try it anymore. Doctors don't even consider telling us to. they just like, here you go. Here's a script. So, yes, I get annoyed when people complain without changing what they can control. Now, I walked out the house this morning with just a little example. It's, it's a simple example. I thought it was a fun example. I'm not usually that fun of a guy on this podcast, so this might be this may be cute. But last weekend, uh, Cindy and I ordered some new uh, slip covers or coverings for the throw pillows in our living room. They came yesterday. I walked in, came home at the end of a long day, and she was upstairs. And uh, I walked through the living room, and I saw them. I liked them. They were cute, perfect, nice color, nice texture. You know, I do care about things like that. So they were great, good choice. And um, all we did was slip them over the old pillows, zipped them up. We didn't even have to, like, you know, get new, you know, fluffy padding or whatever that goes in there. Just new pillow, zip it up, presto, boom, there we go. What's interesting about it is she's been complaining for years, 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 about, like, how she hated those stupid throw pillows that came with the furniture didn't care for the pattern or anything. And I mean, I don't care so much one way or another. I've got a couple here in my office on my office couch, so I, I'm good. And you might think, well, why, why'd she wait years? Well, just go get some new pillows. 
And so if you know my wife, then you know the answer. And the answer is, well, there's nothing wrong with them. That's a waste of money. I mean, I know we're not talking millions of dollars for throw pillows here, but still, she's practical. They're perfectly good pillows. They're just ugly. So why spend the money when you can just live with something slightly ugly? We're walking out the door this morning. I know that was long. We're walking out the door this morning for school, and, and she said, I don't know why we didn't do that years ago. That was so simple. It only cost $12.99. You heard that right, $12.99 on on Amazon, which is where we get 90% of everything that we buy and own. So if we get six months out of them for $12.99, fine. Throw them away, get a new color. We're good to go. We just can keep changing it up. That was something we complained about for years that was within our control. Am I annoyed about it? Actually, I'm, I'm not annoyed about it at all. I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Now, jumping ahead, not every issue we face is as easy as ugly throw pillows right? But most of our issues are ugly and they just can't like be covered up with a new slip cover. You can't just camouflage them. But most of them can be solved, but not by complaining, by doing something about it. So you can't complain about what you are not willing to try to change when you have change and control within your control. Are there some issues that you can't control? Well, of course, there's issues you can't control. I mean, there's medical issues, physical, biological, emotional, right? List them. But when they're outside of you can control, what do you do? You seek expert help. You tell people what you really need. Back to points one and two. You don't just continue to com complain. So it's like someone who com um, comes up to you all the time and complains about being tired. Fine, I, I understand, tired. I talk to a lot of people. How are you? Tired, busy, tired. I get worn out as well. I mean, I work hard, I play hard, I can empathize. But if every time I see you, the first thing you say is, I'm so tired. I stayed up until 2.30 this morning watching a great movie on Netflix. Okay, shut up. I don't care anymore. If every time I see you, that's like what you say, I'm tired because you stayed up all night long. I'm, I'm done listening to yourself inflicted exhaustion. I mean, that's completely different than saying, oh, I'm so tired because that newborn in our house just doesn't sleep. Okay, that's a season that's out of your control. Binging like Netflix, not a reason. Ridiculous. So, not taking control of situations in your life that are within your control. I said it's like a two-edged sword. It's because it cuts both ways, typically. I mean, not always. But more than we want to admit, we got ourselves into the mess. And so if we got ourselves into the mess, we can probably get ourselves out of the mess. And we do. Let's just say it. We, just, we do get ourselves in, our, in most of our messes. But psychologically, we don't take control. Why? Because it gives us attention. And subconsciously, it's really like it's self-gratification. Take that where you want. So now, this podcast is never, never, never meant to make any of us feel guilty for being less than perfect. I'm not throwing rocks. I'm not passing judgment. But it does get a bit frustrating to look around our world 
and see all the things people are saying are wrong. And there's plenty to complain about. There are plenty of things wrong. But there's a lot of things that we can do to quit self-sabotaging our own lives or stop doing. I'm just pointing out I'm just pointing out three. And again, the reason I pointed out three is because I thought they were really practical and relevant to anybody listening. And that's why I'm pointing them out, remember? Because I'm a nice guy and I want to do that for you. I'm not here to make you feel guilty uh, for being less than perfect. None of us is perfect. So keep that in mind before you criticize somebody else this week. Every episode so far is just meant to if anything, challenge your thinking so that you can become the very best version of yourself possible, which can be uncomfortable getting there. It's like going to a proctologist. It's uncomfortable. So, you know, be careful before you wind up in the wrong end of that situation and make the matter even worse when you could take control of your life almost any time that you want. At least that's how I see it today. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time. As always, I encourage you to live your humanity with humility and authenticity in this artificial world. Don't, don't compromise your identity. And don't apologize for being a square peg in a round hole. Now, before you close out of the app that you're using, please be kind, leave a review, preferably five stars. And I'd really appreciate it if you would share this podcast on social media. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.